Good morning. Thank you for joining us and welcome to our weekly e-learning session. My name is Dwayne Henderson, a member of Cree Lighting's training and education team and host of our e-learning series. For those watching live, happy Friday. Quickly about the session, they will be 15 minutes in duration. Uh, our presenters will be available for Q&A at the end of the presentation. Although the attendees are muted, we do ask you guys to use either the chat or Q&A box to ask questions. Please feel free to type those in during the presentations. And uh, again, we'll, we'll go back and answer those at the end. Uh, today, we're going to learn about the functionality of a DLC qualified network lighting control system. Walk us through that. I'd like to welcome back John Bowlers. Good morning, John. Good morning, Dwayne. Hey, John, before we get started, can you quickly remind the audience about your role in the business? Sure. Uh, my name is Jonathan Wallers. I'm the technical manager here at Cree Lighting, and my main focus is on lighting qualification, including Energy Star DLC, uh, as well as the our accredited uh, photometry lab. Perfect. All right, let's get started. All right. Today, uh, as Dwayne mentioned, we're going to talk about what is a DLC qualified network lighting control system and kind of what does that entail, but also a little bit about why it's important or why 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 do we care about it? So kind of the why we're going to get into first is, is just showing that, you know, the systems like Odyssey and SmartCast that, uh, that we offer, as well as some of our partner systems, you know, wireless is kind of winning. Uh, the, the solutions seem to be really most, uh, you know, the lowest installed cost has the most increased flexibility. Uh, the interoperability by manufacturers has actually increased quite a bit. Um, and just understanding, you know, with more deployed systems out there, uh, you know, there's a lot of improved wireless architecture and performance, meaning, you know, designing for the space, understanding how wireless will work in that space and being very effective. But in the end, uh, you know, the value has just increased um, over the, the, the price that it costs to actually implement. So these are really important. And DLC and its network lighting control system does help drive a lot of this, um, you know, they define it as a network lighting control system is defined as the combination of sensors, network interfaces, and controllers that uh, affect lighting changes in luminaires, retrofit kits, or lamps. Um, so that's a pretty, pretty good encompassing effort around what we're going to talk about today and what system functionality we expect. Oops, sorry. Um, so, the DLC uh, has created a technical requirements uh, and currently uh, just released in June was version 5. Um, most everything that is out there right now is listed as under the version 4, which was kind of in effect for the last year. Um, but the, the way it's set up is the same. Uh, there's required capabilities and reported capabilities. Those two type of, uh, or two portions required means that those list of capabilities have to be deployable on every system that gets listed on the NLC QPL. And when I say QPL, that's a qualified products list. There's some definitions down on the right if, if you get lost. But um, those required capabilities have to be deployable. The reported ones are nice to haves, are capabilities that are not required but they do exist in a lot of the systems that are out there and the DLC does report on those and gives detail on um, some of the different capabilities that, 
that a system might offer. So it helps to select the system that you might need or your application needs. Um, even though the required is a smaller subset, you might need one of those reported features. And we'll talk more specifically about, about what those are as we move forward. Uh, the other kind of differentiators are there's interior systems and exterior systems. They have two different needs. Um, they, the application requires some different things. So they have slightly different required capabilities and reported capabilities. Now, all these systems are required to have a minimum warranty of five years. So that's super important as well. So looking at interior first, we're going to look at the required items in uh, version five of the technical requirements. Uh, obviously, networking of luminaire and devices, uh, that's, you know, basically that's part of the definition. Uh, you know, your sensors are talking to your luminaires and dimmers and so forth. Everything's connected and being able to have provide a level of functionality beyond singular devices. Uh, the bread and butter, uh, one of the bread and butter functionalities is occupancy sensing. Obviously, that's a huge energy savings. Uh, having, you know, not turning on lights or having them dim during vacant periods, super important in, in achieving uh, a good lighting control. Daylight harvesting, uh, you can see not so much in the center picture here, but maybe along these walls uh, on either side, uh, we're able to dim our electric light due to the amount of daylight available. And that's really important and can provide a lot of savings. Um, high-end trim. High-end trim uh, is is kind of uh, if, you know, you think of most troffers uh, in this uh, office environment that we're showing here, might come in 4,000 lumens or 5,000 lumens, something along those lines. You might not need all that light initially to actually achieve your task light illuminance. Maybe we have really good task lighting under the cabinet here uh, by this nice young lady. Uh, so, you know, you can actually bring that down 90 at 95% of full power or 90% of full power and still achieve all the, the lumen levels that you want, but then uh, you're still saving energy. You're increasing your life of your product as well, your luminaire. Um, and then one of the other key items is zoning. Zoning is grouping. Uh, obviously, the area, this, you know, office area we're showing here might be one big zone or maybe it's in two different zones. Uh, if you had a conference room or an individual office, you want those dimmers and sensors to work with just that group and not anywhere else. In other words, you get some very uh, odd functionality going on if a sensor in, in another room is going off and, and, and is lighting a, uh, something in another room. So having those groups, having those zones really provides a lot of the customer satisfaction as well as enough granularity in understanding how your system will work within a space. And kind of part and partial to that is the individual addressability, meaning that each device is addressable, meaning as part of the system, it, it, you know, a sensor or a luminaire or a dimmer or uh, any other device within the system is identified and as is separate. And then therefore you understand where it is, what group it's in, what, uh, you know, what occupancy setting it has, what daylight harvest setting it has, things of that nature. So you can understand the controllability of that system allows a lot more flexibility. Then continuous dimming. Continuous dimming is, 
you know, really seamless dimming, allowing for a good customer experience. There's not that herky-jerky feeling of like a step dim where you go from 100% to 50% right away. It's not very satisfying. And certainly in this environment where you have maybe daylight working, you're slowly changing that electric light to adjust with how much daylight is being provided. If it were stepping and jumping, uh, it wouldn't be very satisfying. It would, it would, and it wouldn't provide a lot of the energy savings that you would hope. Um, so that's important. And then new this year in version five, and it was not required in version four, is a cybersecurity certificate. This is really a third party, like a UL or a CSA, an outside party uh, coming in and auditing uh, and really getting an understanding of, you know, what SmartCast and Odyssey and uh, Synapse and all our partners do for cybersecurity. We already have cybersecurity baked in, but it's kind of giving that audit feel to how well we're doing our cybersecurity and providing a certification on top of what we're doing. Uh, and that provides a level of confidence that these version five systems and beyond uh, will be safe uh, as possible against cybersecurity threats. And probably one of the other big really important features that are in the required set is energy monitoring. Energy monitoring is something very important to both the utility, but also the consumer. You know, being able to, you know, change your functionality, change your system, have flexibility is great, but if you don't really know how much energy you're saving, you believe you're saving energy, but if you're not monitoring it, you're really not getting that knowledge. So you can adjust your systems and do better and actually try different things and see if you can save more energy as a as a as an office manager or a facilities manager. But then also you can prove to your utility who gave you maybe a rebate or maybe is giving you a continuous rebate on how much energy you're saving, uh, how much energy you really are saving. And it's got real data behind it, not just theory. So that's super important. I will note that room-based systems, so something that's just isolated to a room and is not a like a floor or a building system, uh, is exempt from the energy monitoring. So now we get into the reported items, the nice-to-haves. Um, so these are defined as you know, there's controls persistence. Um, there's which really just means that as a gateway or whatever control system is controlling a group or an individual luminaire, uh, is that that connection is severed. Whatever the last settings for daylight occupancy and so forth uh, were given to that luminaire or group still function. So if, you know, the controller's lost or uh, the Wi-Fi goes down, the system itself continues to work as it was last requested to work. Uh, so that's important because uh, obviously that does happen. Uh, scheduling, whether you have maybe a five day work week and you have a different type of occupancy on the weekends, uh, you wanna add some functionality there. We wanna report out uh, that that's, that capability is available uh, to do that type of scheduling. Device monitoring and remote diagnostics. That's another way of saying, you know, hey, I, my luminaire is failing or something's wrong with this sensor and telling, being able to tell you what group it's in or maybe doing some diagnostics, of, diagnostics as to why it's failing. Uh, so those type of features are, are in some systems and, and not in others. Um, the type of user interface, uh, you know, you could be handheld control device. It could be a laptop. It could be, 
a central uh, control unit or server, uh, or it could be, uh, you know, a graphical user interface or GUI on your phone, you know, a little app, and you can do some functionality with that. So different type of what type of user interface is available. And then luminaire level lighting controls or LLCs. Uh, that's a that's a smartcast is uh, you know those luminaires have sensors embedded in them. So that's luminaire level lighting control. And what that does is it provides a sensor at every uh, light point, and therefore provides a lot more flexibility and some different features that can be done. Uh, so they want to know if that's available uh, for your system or not. Uh, personal control, if this young lady again uh, over on the left there of this picture uh, wants some functionality and she give her personal control of her space and maybe the luminaires above her, uh, that's personal control. Uh, so that might be a feature of your system. And then plug load control, which is kind of important in California in certain situations, uh, but basically as a device on a plug, a wall plug, um, that all any load on that can be shut off or, uh, you know, during a demand response request. Uh, so it just provides some functionality that, you know, isn't related to necessarily the luminaires, but, you know, could be part of that system. Uh, whether the system interfaces with emergency lighting, whether it maybe has color changing or color tuning, uh, and then how easy, of, how much, how easy is it to implement? Like, you know, how, what's the setup like? They want to, DLC wants to provide some data to its customers and people of you that use the QPL on how easy is it to install and commission. And then scene control is, an, is one of the last reported items where, you know, if you have an entryway or you have more dynamic lighting and you wanna set some different scenes for different uh, times of the day, or maybe for different events, uh, whether that scene control type of option is available in the system. And again, for energy monitoring, only room-based systems now can report that they have energy monitoring, it wasn't required as it was for all the other systems. Um, then some other, the last two are load shedding and demand response, whether they interface with those type of systems and, and really through the external systems integration, meaning do you talk to a building management system? Are you taking, you, can you interface? Can you provide data to that system? Can you take commands from that system? So those are other things that are reported as well. And here we're going to just quick talk about the um, external systems. There's only a couple differences uh, that are identified here in the required area. Uh, they've added traffic sensing as part of um, occupancy sensing because obviously some outdoor systems really don't look for people necessarily, but they look for vehicles. So that's kind of a feature that they wanted to add or define. And then also scheduling is now required, and that's mainly because you know, astronomical scheduling with sunrise, sunset, uh, you know, you have certain times of the year where you're going to have a shorter night schedule. Um, and you also want to be able to, you know, during hours of operation, you might be at 100% power, but then go down to like 50% power at some time during the evening uh, with only occupancy popping it up at 200% or traffic sensing. So those are features that are more critical in an exterior system. So scheduling is part of the required uh, set. And then on the reported side, all the reported items are the same as interior, except for two things, uh, personal control and plug load control. Obviously, you really don't have exterior systems with personal control or there's really plug load is not really kind of 
uh, applicable to that type of situation. So those two have just been removed from the reported systems. Just don't report on those type of things as they're really not common or or used in the exterior environment. And lastly, I just want to point out, um, you know, for the NLC version four, which is pretty much everything that's currently listed, uh, we have our SmartCast technology products. You can see a, a you know, a ZR and a, and a stylus here. As, as well as the Odyssey wireless control system, which is more of components based and not integrated into the Luminaire. Uh, so a little bit more flexibility in certain situations there. And then we have some partners, uh, Synapse, or what we use is their Simply Snap devices uh, with some of our exterior situations or high base situations. So these are all listed on the current um, QPL and available to go check out. Thank you. All right, so we'll, we'll transition to questions um, and um, just to remind the audience that please use the chat box or the Q&A box to submit your questions. And while we're waiting on that, John, just to kind of finish up what you had mentioned, we, we also do a little bit with, uh, with Lutron so they can also be found on, on the QPL if, if that's people's uh, preference. Can you talk about, because we ended with a version four and this presentation is really about version five, can you talk about how we'll be transitioning to uh, version five is an industry what that timeline looks like yeah it's it's roughly over the next year year and a half uh, so products that are listed for version four I think go through something like April of 20 uh, let's see we're in 2020 so 2021 so uh, you know quite a bit of time um, before that would actually um, anything that's version four would would kind of I guess be removed um, but but basically, version five, that requirement for cybersecurity takes a little time to implement. So they uh, they're expecting that uh, we will, you know, it'll take a little bit longer for most systems to come up to version five due to that certificate, that independent review of your cybersecurity. And then I don't know if you mentioned it, how often are these versions updated? Is it a, is it a time cadence as, as to what we can expect in terms of version updates? Yeah, so currently uh, the DLC is updating the NLC every year in roughly June. Um, so that has been the cadence for the last five years, obviously. Um, I'm hoping it actually does start slowing down a little bit. It was every year due to just the ever-changing requirements or, you know, the evolving network lighting control environment. Um, I think the, you know, the required and reported feature sets that they currently have are getting a little bit more stable. Um, I think over the next couple of years, they're really going to be focused on interoperability is what they're projecting. Uh, so there may be some movement there, uh, but for the most part, the required and, and reported capabilities are kind of set. And this is similar to the, the QPL, I'm imagining, where um, stakeholders like like Korea Lighting can offer input, but in the end, the utilities are kind of driving the, the, the ultimate direction that this goes. Is that a true statement? Yeah, in, in general, uh, uh, you know, the DLC is a utility-run organization or utility member organization, I should say, run by the uh, uh, Energy Efficiency Forward out of um, Massachusetts. And uh, we, as industry partners, uh, certainly contribute to the technical requirements and comment as they get developed. But in the end, it's driven by those two, you know, the utilities and, and the DLC themselves. 
Yeah, I, I think people that are familiar with kind of like our core SmartCast, what we might call our entry-level SmartCast system, understand that it, it doesn't necessarily deliver the way we, you know, implement SmartCast in many applications, all the required functionality. Can you talk about that or just make that distinction between um, the requirements versus versus maybe what's on the QPL versus what actually gets um, implemented? Yeah, so it's good to note that all the systems that are listed are capable of, you know, they have devices or they have system setups that will meet the required and the, you know, what they might report on as well, the required capabilities being the most important. Uh, it doesn't mean that every time you implement that system that all those features are actually there. Um, so, you know, if you if you're in an interior environment where daylight harvesting or it doesn't matter, maybe a system is out there that that functionality you know doesn't have to be deployed, or um, uh, you know, you obviously plug load is is not a required item, but might be deployed in California, but not other spaces. So each deployment is is really unique to its application and doesn't necessarily have to have everything installed. You might not have dimmers involved. You might not have, um, you know, other sensors uh, that that might not be important uh, for your application, even though they they provide that required functionality for the DLC. Your implementation does not have to necessarily conform to some required set of features. Yeah, and I think uh, you know everybody that's that's kind of interested in listening to this topic as as you know lighting consultants in one way or another, whether you're a salesperson or not, you're kind of consulting with your customers. You know, we, you and I, John, have talked about scheduling on the indoor space versus occupancy occupancy detection. Do you want to about um, you know scheduling on the indoor space is is not required, it's reported, but but maybe just your your feeling in terms of occupancy versus scheduling. Yeah, I think. For exterior, it makes sense due to, uh, you know, some of the astronomical impact of scheduling. I think scheduling on the interior is not required and mainly because your daylight harvesting, your occupancy sensing, those type of features, task tuning, all those things combined, really uh, schedules could override them a little bit, uh, you know, by setting a schedule might have more detail than it needs to, where if you really just look at the environment and 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 power the lights appropriately as the environment is presenting to the sensors, I think that's gonna give you the most energy savings and functionality versus implementing a schedule that actually might end up wasting more energy than and or effort around the control system than just really deploying Really, what I believe is is the best is a luminaire level control where you have all those uh, sensors available and a lot of flexibility and zoning available that provide, you know, with occupancy sensing really overrides anything you could do with scheduling. Yeah, I just think about our current world too, which which nobody could predict. But if you think about today, if you're a school that's running a schedule and there's no kids and haven't been, you know, kids in classrooms or teachers in classrooms. Or even in the corporate world in which we live in, with with a lot of us, you know, working remotely now, and the 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 office of the campus looks a lot different in terms of the amount of activity. There's certainly a lot of, of waste that that could be associated with that. And I think in the outdoor space, the other thing that that is a little bit more challenging is is ox sensing and, and reliably being able to manage a, a larger space with pole spacing as it might be, or indoor spaces. It seems like we can we can do that a lot more effectively. Yeah, I would agree with that absolutely. 
All right, John. Well, I'm not seeing any other questions. If you want to advance, we will we will wrap up. Okay. Uh, I do want to thank uh, John again for his time and, and doing a really great job of, of condensing this topic. I do want to let the audience know that um, there is an AI version of this presentation that is available for 1LU uh, slash HSW. So if you're interested in that, reach out to your sales contact or you can send me a note and we can, we can work on, on trying to get something scheduled that could be done in person or in the current world virtually. Um, so again, if that's something of interest, let me know. I also do want to thank the audience. I want to thank you guys again for joining us. And as we look forward uh, to next week, we're going to look at understanding driver technology. So we'll talk a little bit about driver technology, including dolly drivers. Um, and in the following week, we will talk about mid and high powered LEDs and, and should we care in terms of what are being implemented in some of the product designs. So with that, again, thanks everybody for joining us and everybody have a great weekend. Take care.